Hey, everybody. We're so excited that you've joined us today for Embrace the Imbalance, the podcast. This is the show where we sit down with our guest on a mission to find out what lessons they have to share. I'm your host, Tina McIntosh, and I think it's time we learn who's on the show today. It's time to welcome someone very special to Embrace the Imbalance. She's here to share some of her own experiences, some of which I think might be kind of hard for her to revisit, but things that we can all learn from. So I want to welcome to the show my dear friend, Jean Paysons. We, we've known each other for a long time, and I have been looking forward to our time together because every single time I'm around you, uh, I learn something. I think you are a natural teacher and leader and I don't know where you got to be so emotionally intelligent and just wicked funny and smart, but you were made made and groomed really well. So I'm I'm happy you're here, and I know our listeners are gonna are gonna learn a lot too. So you're, you're too kind. Well, we're gonna get something out of the way right off the bat. You are not a podcast listener, correct? I'm not. I'm not. And, it, yeah. and I'm, I'd like to tell you that I'm ashamed to say so. It's it's just not anything that I have started researching and. And when you brought this into my life, it's, it made me say, oh, I'm missing something. So I will investigate. I'm so glad. Well, I'm, I mean, here we are with Embrace the Imbalance. So we'll yeah. see how this thing rolls out too. But I, I hope that uh, you'll, you'll join us as a listener here. But you do enjoy reading. You had mentioned that you really like these books about inventions. And it did not surprise me because you have such a great blend of business and leadership and artistic you know, that creative side of you. And I think the can speak to all of that. Would you agree? Uh, yes. Yes. Because core part of my excitement in reading books is curiosity. Uh, asking, asking me to do something or showing me how to do something new. If you tell me how it works or why it works, I'm far more interested than if you just say, this is, this is what happens. I, I need to know the inner workings of it. And then when it makes sense to me, that's why I love to bake. That's part of my, my chef yes. background. Yes. Well, is, and that's is, what I was going to say. Is I love, I love the science of it. I wanted you to talk with me about the kitchen because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are afraid of the kitchen. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they just don't understand how to create in there. And I think uh-huh. if people really dug deep, I think they're afraid to fail Yes. They're afraid of that curiosity. They're afraid of like, I, I don't know how to follow a recipe or I don't know if I should. My mom always just kind of did a pinch and a dump and a, you know, a dollop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So talk about the kitchen and what the, for you, tell, tell us just a little bit about your background and your relationship with the kitchen. Well, it's, it's really kind of fun because one of, one of the questions um, that we'll answer before the day is over with was, one of my best lessons. So my best lessons come in the kitchen. They're all very applicable. Uh, if if you're not if you're not brave enough to try, you're not going to get anything done. So my mother used to say to me, "Nothing beats a failure but a try." Mm. Hold so on, things, say that one more time. Nothing beats a failure but a try. So if you live with that mantra in the kitchen, oh. How many times have you failed making bread? How many times have you failed trying out your first pie dough? And and I'll say to my grandkids, uh, let's let's make. Oh, I don't know how. And and I'll say, well, yes, I 
yes, you do know how. We just haven't perfected it yet. And then the next question for them is, how long did it take you to learn to read? How long did it take you to learn math? How long did it take you to understand science? Did you do it in the first time you tried? No. What happened? Well, I made a mistake. Okay, let's start over again. So working in the kitchen is a place where you can experiment. Um, you can uh, not, you, you can assume that there will be a mistake. I yes. always assume there's going to be a mistake. And some of the best mistakes I've made are also the best lessons I've made. Right. And who cares? I mean, in the end, like really, if you, if you fail at something in the kitchen, life is going to go on. It is. Okay. It is. It is. And Except you know, we certainly think- we we don't want to do that when when we're making dinner for fifteen people. <laughs> no, that probably seems like a bad idea. You should prepare a little bit for that. And that was a question I had too: is that um, there are lessons in the preparation? Yes. Oh yes. Well, there's there's a French term we use in the kitchen called mise en place, and I always laugh because it sounds like a messy place. Yeah. Well. Mise en place is putting things in order. So if you get everything out that you need and assemble it all around you so that you're sure that you've got all the ingredients and you've got all the equipment that you need and everything sliced and diced and ready to go, it's not a messy place. It's mise en place. So it can be, it can be applied to just about anything. Take it outside of the kitchen. So where does that happen? Do we have messy relationships because we are mm. we don't have all the supplies we need? Do we have do we have a friendship that's broken because we don't have all the pieces that we need? Have have we not put it all together? Mise en place. Mise en place. All right. Here's a question. Do you always follow a recipe? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I'm baking, yes. You have to when you bake because baking is chemistry. When I'm making a pot of soup, no. When I'm uh, when I'm baking a, a a roast, I'll follow the the directions for the the standard length of time to to roast. But I don't always follow recipes. I follow them when I when I'm baking, because a, a tablespoon and a teaspoon can create monsters. But I think that that makes me think more when you say baking is chemistry because I, I get it. Like when you say that, I'm like, duh, of course it is. But I've never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you've got, uh, especially if you're working with something that has leavening in it, soda or powder, baking powder or eggs, um, those are all leavening agents and yeast. So if you forget one of those, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're hearing the voice of Jean Payson. She is um, a lot of wonderful, brilliant things. She is, I, I will tell you, I've sat at your table for a meal before and, you know, wow, like I can feel those lessons come to life and the things that I've, I've eaten with you and the things that I've appreciated with you. So um, I appreciate you sharing that with us. If, if you could stand in a room full of teenagers that are eager to learn, um, what would you say to them? What would you share? Ask as many questions as you possibly can. Be curious. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's a big one. You know, why do you think people don't ask for help? Oh, 
it's it's a five letter word pride <laughs> and it'll and it'll eat you up it'll absolutely eat you up um I, you know i i spent i spent a very very long time learning that lesson the hard way um so it would if i could share that with with uh, your young folks that's what i would say yeah so, and you know, I know you said that you, uh, well, it leads us to something else and it's, it's really, really personal, but you said that there's something that keeps you up at night. And so can you tell us about that? Oh gosh, I, I, I don't know that I'm a, a singular person. I think <laughs> that I've talked to a lot of folks who, who do the same thing and the older we get, the harder it is. I lay awake at night and I think about some of the things I said to my mother and if I could take them back. I would, um, and I, I, I said those things to my mother and in anger and in, in silly, immature stupidity. And once you lose those words, they're gone. They, well, and did you, you say this when you think of these things? Were you a kid? Were you an adult? Oh no, I was a kid. Yeah, I was a kid, and and I, and I was a young adult. It took me a long time to learn that the relationship that I had with my mother was about as unique as it could possibly be. There's not a day that goes by now that I don't think of my mother. There's not a day that goes by that I don't repeat something that she said to me that taught me a lesson. Um, and so there are, there are times, I'm, and I was very serious with you, when I, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can, I can rehash almost every word ver verbatim uh, during a very heated conversation. Uh, one, by the way, that she didn't participate in. It was pretty much my, my one-sidedness. One-sided. Was that your moment at the time, like um, where you kind of got big and you got bold and you said things to her that you uh, were holding on to? And I say that because I think sometimes kids, there's that buildup and that buildup and that buildup. And all of a sudden it's almost like... Um, it's almost like a play, like a one-man play. They just let things fly. Or is it something that chipped away over time? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I, I think mostly it, it was um, my personal disappointment in expecting my mother to be a different person. Yeah. Of, of expecting her to, to be and do and in the end, she was a whole lot bigger than I ever gave her credit for. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, that, that would be, I'd really have to dig deep to figure that one out. That, I think there's a lot in there. And I think there's a lot in there that um, we all go through. I mean, I, you know, I think it's normal for kids to criticize their parents. Now, I didn't know your mother and I, I don't know, you know, all the layers that are in there. Uh -huh. But um I think it's a very common thing for us to be disappointed in who our parents are. And then as we get older, we start to realize that they're really just a person who didn't have all the answers and did the best that they could and loved us in their own unique ways, whatever that looks like. Absolutely. It's that if I could repeat what you said and own it, I, I, I'd agree. I think that we, um, we learn as we mature that the 
shortcomings that we saw in our parents were not really shortcomings. They were, yeah. they were doing exactly what they knew how to do. And, and I think about how my mother was raised. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a miracle that she turned out the way she did. Um, so for me to, to poke a hole in, in the person that she was is just uh, pretty unforgivable. And we never have all of the information. I think that's the other thing too. We think we know, you know, and we, you know, Jean, I remember when I became um, a parent, somebody said to me and it stuck as my kids got older, I was a great mother until I became one. (laughs) And I get it, you know, like, and I could look at anybody and think and judge and know what I would do so much better. And then I became a mom and I was kind of like, oh crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, now, now, now what do you do? Yeah, it's a little different. So, you know, how did um, this awareness for you, how has it changed you as a grandmother in particular? Because I hear grandmother is the best gig, um, but how has it changed you and shaped you as a grandmother? Oh, gosh, I, well, I think I'm still, I'm still pretty tough with my grandkids. Um, there's, there's an expectation of them that, uh, uh, sometimes I, I, I say things to them that I'm, I'm thinking that their parents should have said to them. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, (laughs) but but we can do that as a grandparent, I can do that without reservation. So I can, I can say to my grandkids, um, that hurt my feelings, and and I can I can tell them how how I feel, and and I expect that they'll sit up and and pay attention to that, and then when I give them an alternative to the behavior that hurt my feelings, I, I can feel comfortable doing that um, because it's it's something that I've lived through and and it's worked, so it's not like I'm experimenting on them anymore. And I mean, just we, you know, the nugget I'm taking from this is just being able to say to someone that hurt my feelings. And it's not, you know, you don't have to have a big family therapy session over it necessarily. It's just the awareness of being able to say to another human, in this case, your grandchild, but, you know, I love you. Yeah. And that hurt my feelings. Uh huh. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big conversation about it. I mean, Mm So I, I, boy, if, if I would just learn to say that a little differently and not all the time, that's not something you could use all the time, right? No, no, that's a a great time. I I wouldn't, but it, it was, it, yes, it's necessary. Do you see your mom and you now that you, you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's almost (laughs) (laughs) looking in the mirror. There, there are times when stuff comes out of my mouth and I think my mother's head is on my shoulders right now. It's, it's frightening to, 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 to see the, the difference. And now there's, there are times when there's a great deal of pride in that. Yes. Uh, that, that I can actually say, wow, you know, I, I came, I came up with a reasonably good answer. She had more common sense than, than 10 people put together. And that's, I think now as the older I get, the more I appreciate that. Well, that's you. I mean, when you just get, when you describe that, that I, I see that in you. And it's what I said at the beginning of our time together today. Like I, 
Yeah, I, I can see it. I did not know her. Uh, I would only imagine knowing you how, how beautiful of a woman she was and strong and probably a little stubborn. Oh, very. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if you could go back and say something to her now, if she were at this age in this place in your life, if she were standing in front of you, what would you say? Oh, I had the opportunity to say it to her before she passed. So it was, uh, that's, that's the joy. I think if, if there was, if there was ever regret, uh, I would, I would hold it, but I, I had the opportunity to, to speak to her and say to her, you know, mother, I'm, I'm really sorry for the, some of the things that I said to you and, and the way I behaved and I'm, I'm really ashamed. And do you, you know, the most wonderful thing happened. She looked at me and it was almost like she, she said, what things? And I said, well, you know, this and this and this, and I could, I could repeat three or four things. And she said, oh, honey, I forgave you a long time ago. Oh, Jean. Yeah. yeah. One, to have the opportunity and not to have any question, but to say it and to have that be her response, like that, yeah. beautiful. So before we end our time together today, I know that you have a great love for God. And I want to know conversations with him. What do those look like for you? Like what, what lessons have you learned about how to be your true self in a relationship with God? Oh, wow. That's, that's a big question. Yeah. If I don't say it, God sees it anyway. So for me to have a conversation with God, it's a conversation that I have like we're sitting on the sofa and we're just talking because if if I had, if I waited until I felt like I deserved to sit next to him on the sofa, I'd never have a conversation with him. I love, you know, your, what you're saying about just sitting on the sofa, talking with him, because I think sometimes people wait for the, you know, the, the clouds to part and, the beam of light and things <laughs> again, going back to what we said about like a child in front of a parent, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think they need to have a script and build up and some prep and um, you know, just talking to them like, like you and I are talking, I mean, like, right. like right. with anybody. And, and what a, what a privilege, what yeah. an absolute privilege. Well, I, I have to tell you just, it's a privilege to talk with you. I, I, I learned so much from you all the time and I don't want us to stop talking. Um, we're going to end the, we're going to end our podcast for now just because we have to, but I'd love to, I'd love to have you back on sometime. I just, I love your heart and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here. Well, I was happy to be invited. Do you know that? Love to you, my friend. Um, for the rest of you, thanks for being here on Embrace the Imbalance, the podcast and uh, stick around. We're going to have a great conversation again next week. Thank you.